Say it with me, the spirit of faith. It is the spirit of victory. Now say that like you believe it. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Now let's all say it together. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. And you have the spirit of faith. You've got the same spirit of faith that David did when he went up against Goliath. You've got the same spirit that Shadrach of faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Amen. When they went into the burning, fiery furnace. The same spirit of faith. Think about it. The spirit of faith, it is the spirit of victory. So let's go ahead and review a couple things. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you would. And notice with me in verse 8, it says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but thank God we're not forsaken. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. We are cast down sometimes, but we're not destroyed. I looked up Philip's translation uh, this afternoon, and it says, you know, we get knocked down, but we're never knocked out. You know, we're kind of like that, those inflatables that kids play with. You know, they punch it, and it goes down, and it just keeps coming back up. Punch it again, goes down, keeps coming back up. That's the spirit of faith. You can't keep a man or a woman with the spirit of faith down. Not for long you can't. They just keep coming back up. Because there is a resiliency to a man or a woman who chooses to live their life by the principles of God's word and who chooses to live by faith. Resilient. Amen? Amen. So you maybe have been through tough times, but you're still breathing. You're still praising God. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen? And so he said in verse 13, he says, We having the same spirit of faith. Now here's what the spirit of faith does. It says, According as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. So when you believe in your heart and you say with your, with your mouth what the scriptures say, you're flowing and you're operating in the spirit of faith. When you're acting on what you believe and you're speaking what you believe, glory to God, whosoever can have whatsoever he or she saith. That's what Jesus said now. And by the way, your mountain or the mountains that you face really needs to hear your voice. That's right. Amen. Amen. If you're having problems with your pancreas, your pancreas really needs to hear your voice. With the voice of faith. Amen. And mountains have got to move. And mountains can hear the voice of faith. Hallelujah. Just like in Jesus' day. When he went over to Peter's home, his mother-in-law's home, the scripture says that she was sick of a fever. And he spoke to the fever, and guess what happened? The fever left her. Can fevers hear? Can arthritis hear? Can your bills hear? Can your children hear? Amen. That's a good question right there. 
All right, go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Glory to God. Hebrews the 10th chapter, again by, by way of review. Notice with me in uh, verse 35, he says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience or endurance, that after you have done the will of God, that you might receive uh, the promise. He says, when you refuse to cast away your confidence, then you're going to be rewarded. Remember we talked about that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. And notice he says in verse 37, For yet a little while, he that will come will come and not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, that's you and me. When the Bible talks about a person that is just, that means they've been justified or made right in God's sight. So we who are just and justified, those are the ones, we are the ones that shall live by faith. And then he says, but if any man draw back, and we will get the opportunity to draw back. Have you discovered that yet? He says, if any man draw back, in other words, lets his confidence go. Faith fluctuates. Faith fluctuates. Now, my mom left me a little inheritance, and one of the things she left me was on Scott Trade. And so every now and then, I will look on Scott Trade to see how those stocks are doing. And I will notice that sometimes they go up, and sometimes they go down. The stock market goes up, sometimes it levels for a while. And then it goes down and then it comes back up. We could say that the stock market fluctuates. Well, faith is the same way. I just saw that in, in my heart that, that, that faith fluctuates. Now, why does it fluctuate? Well, it fluctuates according to your ability to either remain strong or through the circumstances of life, your faith can be weakened. You stop feeding your faith, your faith will fluctuate. And it won't go up. It'll go down. So, no problem. Let's get it back up. I've been there many times. You know, the scripture talks about degrees of faith. Uh, there's, there's weak faith, right? Abraham was not weak in faith, but he was strong. There's strong faith. Uh, the centurion, excuse me, had great faith. Okay? Uh, so, so faith is, is measurable. It can be little, it can be great, it can be strong, it can be weak. And there's other adjectives that describe faith. And so if we don't allow our, give ourselves the uh, joy of being nourished up in the words of faith continuously, then it can fluctuate. It can go down. So no problem, we got to get it back up. And that's determined by you. That's not determined by the pastor or your best friend. That's determined by you. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, faith goes by not hearing and not hearing the Word of God, right? Right. And so then, if you want to get your faith back up, you know, if you've been knocked down, but you're not knocked out, but you're still down, if you want to get back up to where it's at a higher level, you've got to feed it, speak it, Act on it and live by it. 
Amen? And so the just, that's you and me. Say it with me. I am the just. And I choose every day to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now, it doesn't say that God doesn't love us. But you see, without faith, it's impossible to please him. It has nothing to do with how much he loves us. There's nothing that is ever going to separate us from the love of God. But it gives your fathers great pleasure to see you walking in his word. And uh, immediately in my spirit, I think of 3 John 2, where this great apostle John is, 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 is writing in his last days. And he said, he says, it gives me great joy to hear that my children walk in truth. It gives your father great pleasure when you walk in truth, when you walk in the word of God. Say with me, I'm a walker. I'm a talker. I'm a liver by faith. And you know something? You can do this. This is not something that's out of reach. See, the commandments of God are not grievous or they are not burdensome. Every one of us have the capability to not draw back. Verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back under perdition, but we are of them who believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is, it is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. This is a dynamic definition of faith. Now faith or confidence is the substance or it is the full persuasion, amen, of things that we hope for, of things that we confidently and favorably expect. I could never hope for something and expect something to happen if I didn't have the persuasion on the inside of me that it was the will and the plan of God. And the will and the plan of God is found in the Word of God. So this is what needs to happen then is our lives need to become persuaded and not just persuaded but fully persuaded abraham was fully persuaded now if i can be fully persuaded i can be partially persuaded right and so a person and i've noticed this about my own life so i might as well be honest about it you can't lie in church But a, a, a person that is, is not persuaded, one of the first things that goes is their mouth. You know, one of the first things that goes is, is their mouth. How many of you know you cannot talk death and live? You can't talk poverty and prosper. You can't talk depression and be full of joy. Norval Hayes said years ago, he said, you are your mouth. Now here's something that's true and something that's good. Are you ready to shout? When you're really in faith, you'll not be depressed. Because one of the earmarks of walking by faith and not by sight is there's going to be a joy. And so people of faith, people with the spirit of faith, have big smiles on their face. You know, I've kind of noticed uh, out in public, you know, I'm kind of smiley a lot. Because I'll have my iPad hooked up to my ear and I'll, I'll be having conversations with the Lord and, and I'll just be praising the Lord and I may get on BART or something, go to a ball game. You know, people look kind of beat up out there. Yeah. But oh, when you got the word, you're full of joy. Yeah. 
And what does joy do? Joy shows up on your face. People with faith, people with joy smile. And I've just smiled at some people and they go, what's what's he so happy about? Let me tell you what I'm so happy about. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Happy is the people that are in such a case. I'm in God's case. I'm in God's way. How about you? Well, glory to God. Well, you're just one of those faith people. All you talk about is faith, faith, faith. Thank you. I'm one of those people that pleases God. How about you? <laughs> Whoo, glory to God. So make sure that you check up on what you're saying. I think it'd be a good idea sometime to have a little recorder on us. And then at the end of the day, listen up to everything we've had to say. Might be kind of revealing, don't you think? Now, in Hebrews chapter 11 now, you will, you will see different areas of faith. So let me say this to you, that faith works the same in essence. Faith works the same in essence. But understand this, that faith has different, we could say, expressions, or it has different degrees to them. And so you can be really strong in one area of faith for your life and not so strong in another area of faith. I was driving Brenda to the airport today. She went down to take care of Olivia for a couple days because John and Lindy are on a retreat. And uh, I was fixing to, to, to go from one lane to the other lane. And at the same time, I was heading for the other lane. This, she was a girl, all right. I mean, we don't want to stereotype, but it was a woman. And she is waving her hand and she's talking. It looks like she's cussing somebody out. Not paying any attention, no, no clue. And just went right over in my lane. Thank God for angels. Now, to get your angels to work, you've got to speak forth the word of the Lord. You see, in Psalms, I'm not sure where it is, but in Psalms it says that the angels of the Lord hearken to the voice of His word. In other words, the angels are listening. And they hearken to the voice of faith, to the voice of His word. If there was ever a day where we need to be developed in faith for protection, it's this day. I mean, everywhere you go, and it really does not matter where you live. It doesn't matter whether you're in Orange County, in one of the wealthiest places in the United States, or whether you're in downtown Oakland. The devil's a thief. He robs, steals, destroys. He walks about as a roaring Now notice, he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. May devour. May devour. Your confession should be, he may not devour me. He may not devour my family. He may not devour my house or my automobile. Get in faith and stay in faith. Live in the 91st Psalm. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, you are my refuge. 
You are my fortress, my God, and you I trust. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against me and my loved ones and this church and our partners and our friends prospers. Thank you, Lord, that you've given your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Hallelujah. Live in the 91st Psalm. Live in it. The devil's crazy. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And that's why he says, don't give him any place. Don't give him any place with your mouth. So you can be strong in faith for protection, but very weak in faith for prosperity. How did you get strong in faith for protection? You spent time in it. You heard it. You applied it. The same way that you grow strong in faith for protection and in faith for healing is the same way you grow strong in faith for prosperity. Amen. Degrees. Everyone say degrees. And so it's important then to be developed in each and every area. Now you'll find that some people just... They're bent toward a certain area, and they're just, they're just real strong in that area. Don't get in condemnation. Don't compare yourself with that. But learn from that. You know, even, even here in, in Hebrews chapter 11, if you look at the different people of faith, um, you could see that faith is expressed in different dimensions and in different ways. For example, now, Enoch, the Bible says, by faith, what did he do? Enoch was translated, but before that he was, he had this testimony that he pleased God and that he walked with God. So, so for Enoch, his faith was expressed in walking with God. He just had great faith to walk with God. How about, uh, you think about Daniel. Daniel had great faith, didn't he? I mean, they told him, hey, dude, don't pray. So what does Daniel do? Daniel opens up the, is it the east window or whatever? And he just starts praying and praying and praying. He didn't care what the king had to say. He just acted on what he'd already done and always done. So for Daniel, you know, Daniel is, uh, is, is the one who was thrown in the lion's den. Well, what happened? Daniel most likely just laid down. Went to sleep. Maybe use one of the lions as a pillow. <laughs> Daniel had faith to pray. Daniel had faith just to rest and lay down in the lion's den. Now, if that was Elijah, okay. his faith would have caused those lions to be crispy critters. <laughs> so, so uh, same faith in essence, but just a different demonstration and a manifestation of it. Who else could we think about? Abraham. Let's talk about Abraham for a minute. Abraham's the father of faith, right? And you and I are children of our father, Abraham. Children of faith, right? Well, what did, what did Abraham have faith to do? Well, there came a day when God spoke to Abraham and he said, Now, Abraham, I want you to go out from where you are to a land that you've never been before. Abraham had faith to leave. Abraham had faith to step out. Not knowing where he was going. He was looking for a city and a maker whose builder is God. He just had faith to do it. He just, he stepped out. A different expression of faith. Noah. 
He had faith to build an ark in the midst of insult, in the midst of persecution. Noah's faith was demonstrated by going out there and just building an ark for the saving of his whole family. And you know that you can build an ark too? Not out of wood, but you can build an ark out of the word. For the saving of your soul and for the saving of your family. And so we're going to look at, at these folks in the, in the, we could call it the heroes of faith or in the hall of faith. And we're going to, we're going to look at them um, one by one. I want you to notice Hebrews 11, 2 now. It says, through faith, no, verse 2. For by it, talking about faith, the elders obtained what? Did you know faith always has a good report? And the elders obtained a good report through faith. They did not obtain a good report through hard work. And yes, they probably did work hard. But it is not your hard work that makes your faith acceptable. It's faith that makes your hard work acceptable. And so the elders obtained a good report through faith. And we looked at this last week. Would you read verse 3 with me, please? It says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Wow. So we frame our tomorrows today. We don't frame it with brick and mortar. We frame it with the spirit of faith-filled words. So... How do you want your tomorrows to be? I want my tomorrows to be bright. Amen. Amen. And your tomorrows can be bright. So start framing some things. Frame your future with words of faith. Now here's where we go for tonight. Here's where the message begins. You ready? Verse 4. By faith, Abel. How many remember Abel? Abel was who? Adam's son. Okay? So by faith, now notice again, by faith, by the spirit of faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Should our offerings have excellence in them? Should offerings just be something that we sort of just get out of the way? No. When an offering is received, God either accepts it or rejects it according to your faith and according to the heart and according to the excellence in which it's given. We're going to break that down so we can, we can see it even a little bit more clear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now notice. By which Abel obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. Does God testify about gifts? Evidently he does. 
God testified about this gift, and it goes on to say, And by it, he, being dead, speaking of Abel, yet speaks. In other words, this offering was so excellently done and excellently given that God testified about it. And this offering, centuries later, here in Hayward, California tonight, is still being spoken of. Oh my. Mm -mm. God testifies of His gifts. And by it, He being dead, yet it speaketh. And it's speaking something to us tonight. And listen very carefully. Oh, Jesus. Your giving in whatever arena it is, get just money out of your mind. Your giving, your living sacrifice given to God, your body given to Him daily, your service to Him. Can speak for centuries. For centuries. It is a seed that is sown that you can keep reaping a harvest off of for years and years and years. I think of some of the people that that um, were um, of our original group when Brenda and I came back here in, in 1982 to to be pastors of this church. I think of some of the original people. I think of people like Jean Marquez. And I think of people like Jay Dunlap, who was here last week, that was our campaign coordinator for uh, Now Is Our Time or for what was the name of that stewardship campaign. But I think of those people and, and their gifts and their seed. Listen now, it's speaking. Somebody says, I don't hear it. You drive down Hesperian Boulevard, this building speaks. This place calls out to people. I'm telling you, there's an anointing on these grounds. This used to be unholy ground, but when we dedicated unto the Lord, that which was not sanctified became sanctified. That which was unholy became holy. And I can think of people who have said, you know what? I saw this building going up. I saw it being worked on. And it just seemed like something spoke to me. That something told me to come in. That didn't just happen automatically. That happened as a result of people for years and decades praying and giving and sowing and serving. It didn't happen because Pastor Mark and Brenda are good preachers and Pastor Tom and Kimberly are great ministers. No, it happened Because the seeds that have been sown years ago are just continually bringing forth a harvest. Glory to God. And the seeds that you sow in your service and the seeds that you sow and the supply that you bring will speak as long as Jesus till he comes. Man, that's awesome. I don't know if I'm communicating it the best I can, but I am telling you there is something really powerful about having a heart. That's in your giving. Oh man. I'm giving it my best tonight. Now my best. 
may not be the same as T.D. Jake's best, but my best is my best, and I'm offering it to the Lord. And your best may not be as good as someone else's best, but God doesn't look at amounts. He doesn't really look at the degree of talents. God is looking at your heart, and the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on the behalf of those whose people, their hearts are loyal to Him. I'm telling you, it's a powerful truth. Help me, Lord, to communicate it. Look at Hebrews 11.4 again. So your faith with your offerings can carry on into the future. I wonder, does the Lord care about offerings? Did you know that he watched over the offerings one day? I haven't done that yet. Can't you just see Pastor Tom and I up here? Mm, good, fine. Not so good. <laughs> no. But, but the Lord, He sees the heart. He looks at the heart. Genesis 11, 4, let's read it again. It says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness... That he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet what? Yet speaketh. Abel had faith to give. He had faith to give. Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 4. Did you know that giving faith is tied to your receiving faith? That your giving faith is tied to your... It's connected. Your giving faith is connected to your receiving faith. You cannot receive a beautiful, wonderful harvest if it hasn't been sown in the right kind of ground. You can serve in this church begrudgingly. You can give an offering... Just because you're supposed to. And it's not acceptable. I've actually returned offerings to people. Because it wasn't acceptable. It wasn't, it wasn't done in faith. I could sense it wasn't in faith. I am not about money. And I'm not going to receive an offering that is not given in faith. Someone handed me a couple hundred dollars one time, and I could tell that the person was hesitant and they weren't, their heart really wasn't in it. And I said, no, that's okay. I said, I want you to keep that. And it wasn't anything wrong with him. It's just where he was at the time with his walk with God. He listened to me. Your motives have got to be right in your giving. Your motives have got to be right in your serving. You never serve to be seen of man. You serve unto Him for His glory and for His honor. But your receiving will be in direct proportion to how you're giving. Should we go on or should we go home? All right. 
Look at Genesis chapter 4 now. Verses 3 through 5. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's begin in verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother in what was his name? Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of what? Of the ground. Now, in the process of time, it came to pass that that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, and he brought it unto the Lord. He brought a, a fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstlings. Everyone say firstlings. firstlings. He brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Bible says that the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. Now what does that mean? That the Lord received Abel's, but he didn't receive Cain's. Because he respected Abel's offering, but he had no respect for Cain's offering. Interesting. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect... And Cain, you probably can turn the air off because it is getting a little cool. And Cain was very wroth. You know what wroth is? Wroth is King James for ticked. (laughs) He was ticked off. Which is very revealing to me. Because it tells me by his response that he wasn't right. And we know that he wasn't right because he acted like the devil with his anger and we went and slayed Abel. See, in order for something to be acceptable to God, your conscience has got to be pure. Evidently, there were some things going on in Cain's life that were impure and defiled. And God doesn't accept a defiled offering. God doesn't accept our sloppy seconds. You know, we think we're doing really, really good. Putting a dollar here and a dollar there and, you know, trying to help the man upstairs out. We think we're doing really, really good in our service, but our hearts have got to be clear. It's got to be clean. It's got to be pure. And guess what? By the blood of Jesus, you are clean. By the blood of Jesus, you are pure. And I don't want to discourage you with this tonight. I want to encourage you with it because you can give your best at all times. And you don't have to stress and wonder, am I doing my best? Am I doing my best? You just do it from your heart is unto Him. And you offer it to Him. Mm 
I cannot really be operating in true, pure faith. Now say this for me. I cannot be doing that in pure faith unless I give him my best. He deserves our best. He gave us his best. His only begotten son. He gave us his best. We should do no less than give him our best. The story is told of a family that was cleaning out the garage and getting ready to throw away some stuff. And they immediately thought of their preacher. I wonder if the preacher could use this. That's an insult. Not to the preacher, but that's an insult to God. Maybe this could preach even better on a Sunday morning. I don't know. We can't give in the most faith unless we give our best. Whatever is not a faith is what? It is sin. So in your heart, in your walk with God, in your heart, do something that represents your best. Cain just brought an offering. Wasn't right. So the heart of the giver determines the acceptability of the gift. Say that with me. The heart of the giver determines the acceptability of the gift. It's true. Now let me remind you that Abel, his, his heart was so right and so pure before God, he could, he could hardly wait to bring an offering. And the Bible says that he brought of the firstlings. He brought of the one that was without blemish. The one whose eyes were clear and the wool was abounding. He brought Fluffy. He says, that's the one I want to bring to the offering. I'm bringing Fluffy. I'm bringing my finest. I'm bringing my best. God deserves the best of our energy. He deserves the best of our time. I know this is not a popular message among Christians that, 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 that just kind of got their fire insurance. But I'm preaching to the core tonight. Listen, you're doing good. You can keep doing good. Keep giving God your very best. Amen, Amen Pastor. Good preaching. So Abel, he loved God more than he liked Fluffy. You know, it's amazing to me that what, a, what kind of a God do we serve? What man, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you, who are we? But it amazes me that you and I can give back to the giver. We can give back to the giver. Give him your best prayer. Give him your best praise. 
And I, I don't like the songs we sing. <laughs> it's nothing about you liking the songs or we sing or not liking the songs we sing. It's about your heart. Well, I'm just, I'm just not feeling, I'm not feeling it. Since when do we walk by feelings? We walk by faith and not by sight. Oftentimes, and it's, you know, it, it grieves me, but it's got to grieve the Holy Spirit. Sometimes on Sunday morning, I look out there and people are like this. They look like someone just died. You know what that's reflecting? That's reflecting what's going on in their home. Because who you are comes in here. Anyway, don't want to get too heavy. <laughs> Giving your best prayer. Giving your best service. Faith has to do with giving Him your best. And that pleases God. This is a very interesting thought. Abel is listed in the hall of faith, not because of the size of his gift. But he's listed in the hall of faith, in the hearers of faith, because of his heart to give. He gave the very best that he had. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. Are you getting anything tonight? Say it be the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. And you know, there's times we need messages like this because we need to remind ourselves of this. What are we doing? Are we just going through the motions? Are we, are we just playing church? Are we really seeking first the kingdom of God? Are we giving Him our best? That doesn't mean you have to be in church every time the doors are open. That gets into legalism. We're not saved by legalism. We're saved by grace through faith. That not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, right? Grace versus legalism. legalism. Legalism says give or you're a thief. But grace says give because you love God. Yeah. Freely you've received, now freely give. That's the grace of God. The first commandment is you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And that you'll love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. What if everybody that came to Heart of the Bay over the last 30 years, what if nobody ever backslid? What if everybody that became a member followed through on becoming a true follower of Christ? You know what? This building wouldn't be big enough to hold it. Well, pastor, you know what? If you'd preach a little bit better, you'd have more people. Listen, let me tell you something. I am persuaded that the Lord Jesus Christ himself could be here on some Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and still be empty seats. In as much as you have done it to the least of these. <laughs> it's true. What are people looking for? Mm -hmm. Chronicles 16.9. Let's pull it up there. My faith to, to receive will not surpass my faith for giving. 
Your giving faith and receiving faith are so connected together. Second Chronicles 16.9, let's bring it up there. I can quote it, but I think we should look at it tonight in closing. Say with me, the spirit of faith. It is the spirit of victory. I have the spirit of faith. Now let's read this together. For the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is what? Now don't let that word perfect throw you. What does that word perfect really mean? That word perfect means loyal. That word perfect means undefiled. That word perfect there means being fully developed. To mature in God and true biblical maturity means giving your best to God at all times. What's on the agenda of your life? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's your spiritual worship. Amen. Stand up, everybody, if you would. Let's pray a minute. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for words of encouragement, even words of correction for some of us, Lord. You said that the word of God has been given for instruction, for inspiration, that men and women of God may be thoroughly furnished and ready, perfected for every good work. Put your hand over your heart and your body and let's do some framing again tonight. Say it in the Heavenly Father. I purpose in my heart to do my very best and to serve you out of a heart of love, out of a heart of thanksgiving. I make adjustments tonight. Any area that needs tweaking in our lives. We're open, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us to make the adjustments. Thank you, Father, that as I give, I believe that it's being given unto me. Good measure. <laughs> Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Great is my return and great is my harvest. For you said in your word that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You said in your word that if I sow sparingly, that I would reap sparingly. You also said... If I sow bountifully, I will reap bountifully. So I believe that as I sow my best, as I give my best, I will reap your very best in every area of my life. I believe it. I receive it. I frame it tonight.
giving my best, receiving your best for your glory and for your honor. Let's give him praise tonight. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord. And so we will do our best. We will sow our best. And then we will receive your very best. God's best is my prayer for the lives of the people here tonight. Your very best in their spirits. Your very best in their souls. Your very best in their finances, Lord, and in their physical beings. I pray that the life also of Christ would be made manifest in your people's lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. He that spared not his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? The scripture says that he gives you richly all things to enjoy. Did you know that God wants you to enjoy some life? God's not some sort of Scrooge. He's not some sort of taskmaster. He says, now son, daughter, just do your best and offer it up to me. And you'll see the goodness of God show up in your life. Amen. How many of you know in your own heart you could do better? I remember Dad Hagen had a word for Brenda and I. He says, you're doing quite well, but you could do better. That's not exactly the kind of word I wanted to hear. But he says, and you will do better. Because the Lord, now listen, because the Lord will help you. And the vision will be fulfilled. See, the Lord will help you. He doesn't ask you to do this independent of his help. I believe this, that our ministry has a spirit of excellence. You look at Pastor Tom and Kimberly. Pastor Tom, did you know that he's a master musician? He's not just your regular musician. He's a master musician. He's a master musician. Okay? But... He's not just a master musician. He's a master musician that does everything with excellence. Everything with excellence. I can say that because I know him personally and been around him for over 30 years. Master musician. Kimberly's the same way. Pastor Nancy's a master at being over pastoral care. She's the best. Along with Kimberly, you guys are the best. I believe we have a spirit of excellence here. But can we come up? Mark, can you come up? You better believe I can come up. Am I going to come up? You better believe by the grace of God, I'm coming up. You? You coming up? You ever done a job in the natural, for example, now? Maybe it was detailing a car or working in the factory or, you know, doing something. You, you, you did a job and you did your best, but when you were done, you, you just sensed in your heart that you, you could do better. It's not that you didn't put your all into it, but, 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 and you're thankful for what's happened, but you just know 
that the next time you can even come up a little bit. Come up a little bit. And that's what God wants for all of us. You understand that the call on our life is not downward. The call on your life and my life is upward. It's the upward call. I believe we can pray and thank God for prayer, but we can pray more fervently. We can praise more diligently. You're not picking up legalism in this, I hope. There's a difference between legalism and liberty. Where people have mistaken liberty is they have, they have thought that liberty means, well, just do whatever you want to do. Now listen very carefully. With the things of God, and I, I've left the pulpit thousands of times. We've preached hundreds, if not thousands of times over the year. And, and I've left the pulpit many times dissatisfied. Knowing that I did my best for where I was at, but I just knew there was more. And understand that utterance is dependent upon two things. It's dependent on the anointing upon the person to preach and teach, but it's also dependent on those who are there to receive. Amen? So I've left many, many times dissatisfied knowing that I had so much more, but I could only go a certain place. I couldn't go any further. Now, one thing, is this all right? One thing that, that, that grieves the Holy Spirit, one thing that grieves God, is, well, that's just good enough. That's, that's good enough. You know. Good enough. A good enough attitude doesn't get it with God. That, wow, that's, that's just good enough. You know, we'll, we'll do it to a degree. But, that, you know, let's not get... Fanatical. Uh uh. With God deserves our best. Raise both hands and say, Lord God, I present my body to you, a living sacrifice, and I will give you my best every day. Amen? Man, you could preach a while on this. Give him your best. Best of your time. You know what? If you're doing your best in certain areas of your life, you won't get obese. You won't. Give Him your best. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Well, I think that's enough said. You can be seated. Amen. <laughs>